In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. This theme for our Lenten season this year is simply Christians in an unchristian world. It's kind of fitting, especially as things are ramping up in our day and age in our society where there are more questions being said than answers. To go through this theme about the season of Lent with Christians in an unchristian world, we are simply going to take a look at the entire epistle of 1 Peter. I'm going to take one chapter a week, and today was 1 Peter chapter 1. The question that we have before us today is very simple. Who are you? If I was to ask you that question today, you probably would give me your name, and maybe you've given me what it is that you have done for a living or you do for a living right now. I would say, well, my last name is Schaff, which is German, which means sheep, that identifies my nationality, my ancestry, and where I'm from. And you can take that information onto Ancestry.com and you can find out all sorts of amazing things about my family and your family. But who are you? You might answer that question by defining what it is that you do for your living or for your education level, your skills and your abilities. I like to fish. I like to work with wood. I am an attorney. I am a garbage man. Others might answer the question by saying that they're a work in progress. Life is new. I'm not quite finished yet. I'm not ready to come out of the oven yet. We're still working and defining and trying to shape and mold who we are. This is very popular today, if you haven't noticed. What is your personal identity? And it has gotten down even to some very basic biological claims of who we are. We cannot even simply say that we are male or female because there are those today who aren't even sure about that. We are certainly living in an unchristian world. And as we begin this journey and this question of who are you, 1 Peter starts out by giving quite a different answer than all of these things I just listed. He starts out by saying that who you are is the one who has been born again or born from above. That is that your identity in Christ is above anything else in this life. Whether you're a lawyer, a garbage man, a professional musician or baseball player, does not matter who you are or where you have come from. As a Christian, you are born again, you are baptized God has claimed you as his own dear child. You are part of the family of God, no matter what your last name is or what Ancestry.com tells you. For those of us who hold on to baptism with this high regard, we might say, yeah, tell us something we don't know, Pastor. But to the folks that Peter was writing to in the first century, they were Christians who were scattered and persecuted throughout the region. They were forced from their home and their work, and they were really uncertain as to what was going to happen with them 
and their life. Maybe we could even see this a little bit with the people of Ukraine today. The refugees who have been scattered and sent abroad from their own country, not sure what's going to happen, not sure if they will see their family members or go back to how they identified as those people from that country. This was difficult. This was difficult for the Ukraine people. This is difficult for Peter to even explain. But as a Christian, we do not define ourselves by who we are in the world. We define ourselves in who we are in Jesus. And his identity and his definition is a reality far greater than a name, a nationality, a work, or whatever it is that you might think or describe of yourself. Who are you? You are baptized. You are a child of the almighty and everlasting God. And that really means a number of things for you and for me. Peter says, first off, it means that even if you are without a home or a nationality on earth, even if you're orphaned from your biological parent, parents, you have a home. You have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, all kept up by God in heaven for you. And he says, you, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for that life, for that promise that God is preparing for you. It's just as Jesus told his disciples right before he was to go to die on the cross. I will not leave you as orphans. Those who are born again, who are born above, are children of God, cared for by God through Jesus Christ, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what we face in this life, whether it's full of questions or whether it seems like it's all laid out before us or everything in between, you are guarded by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. What Peter is really trying to tell us here today is that you are not your own. God has claimed you as his dear children. And he promises never to leave you or forsake you, but to care for you. But Peter also speaks about something here that we don't always like to think about with that care. He says sometimes that care will endure trial or testing. Precious metals are put into the fire to burn off all of their impurities to make them even more pure and valuable. And Peter says, so with us, you are more precious than anything in this world. You are God's crown of his creation. But in the same way, we will be tested and proved in various ways. Not as a punishment. It's not as if you are going through suffering or trials because God somehow is angry with you or he's trying to punish you. But sometimes these things happen out of love in order that we would loose the grips of the things that we hold on to so dearly in this life. Because they're fleeting and they'll fade away. Just as we sang in that hymn, in the cross of Christ I glory. And I love that statement, towering over the wrecks of time. It's bad today. 
It's a wreck today in this world, just as it always has been. And Peter says that at times we will be shaken up. We will be caused to go through suffering and trial to purify our faith and to hold on ever more tightly to God and his promises as his, as his dear children. Why? So that you might be saved, he says. We will not understand how important God is for us in our identity unless we realize how important it is that you are to him. The world wants us to think that we somehow are something that maybe we're not. The world at times wants to judge us and to make us feel like we are people that don't deserve love from other people or from the world or let alone from God. But yet Peter says today that in all things, you are the apple of God's eye. You are the one that he takes great delight in. You are the one that he gives up his own dear son for. And so we do not define ourselves as the world does, nor do we live as we used to live, but we live in his holiness. And that's what we're going to talk about this as we end here today with some explanation of what that means with living in holiness. Peter is not telling you today that as you walk out of here today, you better live the sinless and perfect life. We should try, sure. But as you and I know, we can't do that. Not on our own, at least. And Peter knows that as well. Peter was the one, after all, who would deny Jesus three times when he was going to the cross. Peter was known as putting his foot in his mouth and messing things up. Peter knew quite well that he was not perfect and he was full of sin. And yet in the same way, he says that God has made you holy. He has set you apart. We have been set apart from sin and death by Jesus' shed blood for us, given to you in your baptism, being united with him in his death and his resurrection, and you have been set apart from the world. Not to look at the world and say, we're better than you. We live better lives than you. We are more holy or sanctified than you are. But knowing that we do not live for everything that this world will throw at us. We do not put all of our eggs in the basket of the world. We hold on to the promises of God come hell or high water, come war or plague or famine, knowing that this is not where our treasures are stored up in but they are stored up in heaven where God has promised that where he is, we might be also. And that's the other question that we need to ask today. Not just simply who you are, but where are you? In the times of persecution, in the times of being separated, Peter would encourage his dear brothers and sisters in Christ to gather together with the fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. He's reminding them that the world's problems and the troubles and the fears are not going to change, but we can bear with one another in their burdens and their griefs, their sorrow, and we can build up one another through love and in good works. And this foundation, which is founded on Jesus Christ as our cornerstone, 
will see us through all trials and temptations, even through death itself to life everlasting. For Peter says, the things of this world are passing away, but the word of the Lord remains forever. That is who you are today, right here and right now. And that is also your future and your home guaranteed in Christ. Guarded by Him, or as Luther would later write as we sang this Sunday, this past Sunday, take they our life, goods, fame, child, or wife, these all be gone, our victory has been won, the kingdom is yours, it remains yours. But I'm not going to sit here today and say, as you walk out of here, life's going to be all hunky-dory and grand, and all those massive question marks are going to go away. The devil will hound you every step that you take. And that's why Peter wrote to his dear Christians, and it's why he writes to us again here today, because we too have been driven out and scattered. And he wants us to know that there is a greater reality than what is seen or questioned or felt. We are Christians in an unchristian world, but you are also living in Christ and Christ in you. Therefore, no matter what this world brings upon you, you now have confidence and hope. You are children of God. You are holy. You are precious to Him. And this is the good news that was preached to Peter and to his disciples and to us today so that no matter what we face, he says, do not be afraid to live in that truth. Be holy. Absolutely, yes, you are. Because Christ Jesus has been holy for you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.